Hi there, and uh, we're looking at today, we've been talking to our small groups about Paul's lockdown life. We, we, we thought that it would be a good study and we'd learn some useful stuff if we looked at how Paul coped with effectively lockdown. And as we, as we looked at his life, actually, um, probably the most famous imprisonment he had was, was, was his shortest, which was when he and Silas were were imprisoned in Acts, in, in, the story about it is in Acts 16, and they start to worship, and then out of that worship, God intervenes, the place shakes, and they get released. Uh, so that was a fairly short imprisonment, but then later in his life, he's arrested in Jerusalem, he spends about two years uh, there, and under, under some form of arrest, and he goes to Rome via a ship, and a shipwreck, uh, again, chained to a Roman soldier. And then when he gets to Rome, he's put under house arrest for two years. So we figured somewhere in the region of five years of, of significant uh, inhibition to his movements, to his freedoms, um, kind of, and I know for most of us, including me, we're struggling and we're just coming up to one year of this. Um, so we figured he, the great apostle Paul would have some useful stuff to tell us. And, and, and what we did was we obviously drew on the Acts 16 story, and we'll just talk about that a little bit uh, in, in a minute, but also looked at the letters that he wrote while he was in uh, house arrest. So it's surprising how productive Paul managed to be, and he wrote Ephesians and Colossians and Philippians and Philemon in that place of house, house arrest, and probably later, there's some debate about this, but probably under a second house arrest, he wrote Second Timothy shortly before his death. So Paul was actually very productive, and we're really grateful that he, if it were put put pen to paper, or it was probably quill to parchment, or however he uh, he recorded things back then. And, and the, the stuff that he said is even made even more remarkable when you consider the circumstances he was under. Uh, when he was actually writing them. So uh, we, we're just going to, I'm just going to uh, take us first of all to Paul and Silas, just we've got a few minutes here this morning. Uh, when when him and Silas get arrested, they're put in the deepest, darkest dungeon. They've already been beaten, so they're, they're, they're in a pretty sorry state. But what, what amazes me is that they don't know that there's a formula that if you sing and worship, you're going to get let out. They're just they're not doing it for a reason. They're not doing it because they've got, I don't know, they're about to do ministry or they're in church or they're, they're actually in the most disgusting circumstances. Prisons prisons were pretty horrible back then. Uh, I'm not saying they're great now, but but you wouldn't have had, uh, you'd have had rats and all the rest of it. Plus they're cold and they're bleeding. And, and yeah, what comes out of them is this worship and they start singing hymns, it says, and, um, I, I find that just a helpful and deeply challenging is that my uh, worship to the Lord just comes out of a place of no agenda. Like I'm not doing it because I need him to do something or I'm not doing it because I need to do something uh, that, that you just see from them. And, and something that, that I want to cultivate is worship because I like to worship because I, because I love King Jesus, because I'm grateful. And uh, and to, to generate that kind of gratefulness when we're in a place that there's not much to commend. In fact, everything about the place we're in is 
difficult, is constrained, is painful. That that is phenomenal worship. That is a sacrifice of praise, the fruit of lips, which talks about at the end of Hebrews. And I think there's actual real whether whether your prison breaks open isn't the point. There is actual real power in that ability to move our hearts and our mouths to a place of worship and praise when everything around us and maybe everything in us is saying something negative is feeling sore is being constrained and that's a massive massive lesson i think for us from from paul's life there uh what i'm also struck by is obviously we just talked about that paul's significant history of being under house arrest uh, he never got set free like that again uh, so it wasn't a formula i don't know i would have been like the next time right let's try the singing trick see if that works and whether he did or not it didn't it didn't happen and 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 being able to go with god in what he is doing or what he is saying and not thinking it's going to work like a formula is another another challenging thing for me i, I kind of like to know how the principles work and that they work every time but but paul's perspective is a bit different on this and what what's one of the shocking things he says about being a prisoner and it comes up actually in philemon which he wrote which is just a a, a single chapter letter uh which actually is fantastic that he wrote it because it was one of the significant scriptures that helped in the ending of the slave trade and slavery back in the 19th century but there he talks all the time about being a, a prisoner a prisoner of christ uh, and most of the translations use that phrase a prisoner of christ some say prisoner for Christ, but that must help Paul or explain at least to us how he and why he responded like he did. He didn't see himself first as a prisoner of his circumstances, a prisoner of Rome, a prisoner of Festus or, or, or the Jewish authorities. Whoever, whoever had captured him, he saw, he saw Jesus the king as higher than any other authority that had Im imposed this restriction upon him. Uh, and that, I think, gave him a faith that the, the king of kings could use this in remarkable ways. And, and we see that in his life. We see, uh, if we think now, if he hadn't written Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, and so on, if we, we would be poorer uh, because uh, he used that. Uh, he used that time to to write these this revelation to write these thoughts to the the churches that he wrote to maybe he wouldn't have done that maybe he would have just visited uh, done some great preaching but then that there were no recording devices maybe someone had written some of it down we don't know but to actually have these letters now a couple of thousand years later is is an incredible legacy of Paul's perspective that he was a prisoner of Christ this was this was not a dead end. This was actually somehow in his head. This was an opportunity. This was this was all in God's purpose for him, and God was going to use it. And uh, I have to keep reminding myself of that as we live in in our lockdown and in our pandemic. That actually God is more sovereign than the apparent ubiquitous nature of this this pandemic and this this disease. And he's he's making this an opportunity rather than a dead end or some kind of trap. And, and, and I want to keep reminding myself of that and looking for his opportunity. And you see it even more in Paul's life because 
in the in the letter to the Philippians, he talks about how under his house arrest in Rome, that even some of the people in Caesar's household are now getting to hear the gospel. He's obviously he's obviously sharing the good news of Jesus with his captors, with anybody who shows up at the house. And his boldness and his courage has the effect of encouraging other people. Um, we, we, it's unclear how much persecution of the church was taking place at this early stage, but it was obviously stir, his captivity, but his courage in his captivity was a major, major encouragement to others and made them bolder in sharing their faith, praying for the sick, doing everything that was involved in, in bringing more of the kingdom of heaven to earth. And, uh, uh, you know, I, I want to be that kind of example in lockdown. I want to, my courage, my faith to to keep growing so that it's then an inspiration to others. And that's a, you know, we still don't know how much longer we'll be in this. Let, this, let, this, that, let that be an ambition for all of us um, because the, I believe, and we're seeing it now over, over many months, there are opportunities to bring hope, bring encouragement, bring healing, bring the, bring the good news of the love of God, the death and resurrection of Jesus. People are crying out for hope in this season, and we are the, we are the bearers of it. We have a sure and certain hope, <clears throat> and, and he, he's never going to fail us, no matter what kind of circumstances crash around us. So I just want to encourage you with that. If you see yourself not as a prisoner of COVID, uh, but shift the perspective to being in the hands of the Lord, even though we're, we appear to be in the hands of our circumstances, uh, greater courage comes to us and we'll see uh, opportunities, or well, we'll see opportunities, whereas if we, we have a different perspective, we can be blind to those, those opportunities that God brings along. Um, <clears throat> I think it's, it's also interesting that although what was happening to him was incredibly unjust, um you know he'd actually done nothing wrong and yet here he is effectively five years of, of some form of imprisonment and constrained circumstances and constrained freedoms he he doesn't see his job as as protesting or or making a point to people about how bad his circumstances are and and, and i i think that is again the fruit of this, in a sense, submission to his circumstances because he sees the hand of God in them. And, and I think as believers at this time, it's so important that we do that, even as our, you know, some different people have different feelings about wearing masks or, or the restrictions we are under or even, even having a vaccine. And and, and we talk about the, the, the Romans 13 verse 1 exhortation and the 1 Peter exhortation to submit to secular authorities, to honour them. You know, we're not, we're not doing that. What strikes me is we're not doing that submission because, because they are trustworthy. We're doing that because we trust the Lord, which is what's happening with Paul. He's submitting to these difficult circumstances. And in a sense, the the abuse of authority that is happening to him because he sees and he's submitted first to the Lord and he's trusting the Lord in his submission to that. And I, so I just want to encourage you as we, as we face these times, as we, we, we face more government constraints, restrictions than we than 
any of us have ever faced in our lifetime, just to see that we're in the hands of the Lord first. And, and of course, people are fallible. Of course, governors and governments and presidents and prime ministers and first ministers are fallible and are have probably other agendas, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But you know, Paul was in the time of the Roman Empire. The Roman Empire was not without agendas. I mean, the Roman Empire invented crucifixion. The Roman Empire, not long after this, went on to set light to Christians to use them as street lights in the streets of Rome. Uh, the Roman Empire made up fake news to to use today's language in order to get its agenda uh, promoted. And, and e even the Jewish authorities were not above uh, promoting their own agenda and making up their own news. If you think about how Jesus was uh, crucified, the same crowd that had welcomed him as king were then manipulated by the, the priests and the Pharisees to call for his death and his crucifixion. It's kind of old, old school fake news. So I want to encourage you to trust God in this season, really, uh, even when we're in a place uh, of more constraint and having to deal with and, and actually honour those that lead us in these really difficult times. And uh, just got a, a, few, a few minutes left. So one of the most incredible things about it is it talks in, I think Philippians is really worth a read with this mindset. This was written in a prison because he goes on to talk about how in chapter one, he's talked about how his bold witness, if you like, has been an inspiration and the word is getting out even to Caesar's household. In, in chapter four, he, he is where he talks about how he's learned to be content in every and any circumstances. He knows how to abound, he says. He knows how to be abased. He knows how to prosper. He knows how to be in want. And you're like, what? This guy is finding a place of contentment in his constraints. And uh, that's super challenging. I mean, if our generation is hallmarked by anything, I think it's culturally hallmarked by this, this belief that we can go where we want, we can do what we want. We can believe what we want. We can say what we want. I'm not saying I think that's good, but I think it's true of our generation. And at the minute, we are constrained. We can't go where we want and we can't do what we want. It can be tough for us to be content in those kind of circumstances. But Paul says he'd managed to find contentment. And he goes on to use a, use a verse that Christians quote a lot, but forget the context. He says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me so he found none of us can cope with the this season or be as optimistic or as aware of the opportunities or as bold or as as, as we read from the apostle Paul none of us can do that without that being the truth that it's it's Jesus strengthening us we need their help of the Holy Spirit, what we're in, Christianity is not a self-help program. It's not a lead legalistic. Now you've heard this message, you man, you must now go and preach to two more people. No, th this is something that happens because we have Jesus living inside of us. We have the help and power of the Holy Spirit. Any transformation in my life isn't because um, somehow I managed to work it up. 
I cooperated with the work of God. And so I just want to pray for you right now, just quickly, that, that, that you would increase, increasingly draw on that ability that you and I can do all things through Christ who strengthens us, that we can know what it is to be content in these circumstances, take the opportunities that present themselves to us, and that we will end up leaving an incredibly positive legacy to others at the end of this pandemic season and lockdown season that we're in. And so I don't know how we're doing for time, uh, but we, we're probably coming close to the end of how much time I've got to share with you. Uh, I'm just going to check back in with, with Jenny and uh, I trust you have a great rest of your day. Oh, thanks. I, I get, I get another minute to talk to you. So what, I, what I'm just going to do is just, I'm just going to pray for you out there. I've got some great news the other day about uh, someone praying for their sister who had some significant breathing difficulties uh, that had been there for years and they have now gone. So I, if you've got breathing difficulties, if you've got eyesight difficulties, if you've got health issues, I just want to ask you, lay hands on yourself right now and I'm just going to speak healing and release and deliverance to you in Jesus' name. He's going to set you free in this time of otherwise being locked down. Healing's coming to you. Strength is coming to your body in Jesus' name.